This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Blood Red podcast here live from France. Well, it's recorded obviously, we're live uh, and if you wonder what that noise is, we are staying right near Charles de Gaulle Airport so you'll be hearing the odd plane going overhead while I'm trying to chunner on and talk my normal brand of nonsense and joining me for more nonsense, it's our full-time <laughs> Liverpool correspondent both home and away, Paul Gorst. Hi Paul. Hello Ian. How you doing? Yeah, very well. Uh, this was probably one of the least arduous trips that we've had this season in terms of European aways. We hopped on the Euro, started me and came out to Paris and before we knew it we were here in the in Gay Paris. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's crack on. It did have its downs because we were joined of course by Theo, <laughs> Theo Squires. I don't really mean that Theo. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm subbing back in for Jamie Carragher aren't I? I think I've only scored like five, six less goals for Liverpool than him so it's not too much between us. Wow, he's, we haven't even started. He's gone too far. I know exactly Jamie what's he like. Anyway, uh, we're here because, of course, Liverpool are in the Champions League final. They will be playing Real Madrid. That's in a couple of days' time. Um, it's a bit difficult for us to actually gauge any kind of atmosphere in the actual city itself because we're just, as we said before, it's just a little bit outside it. But on the Eurostar here, we did encounter quite a few Liverpool fans. Yes, um, bump into uh, our old colleague, Kiva O'Neill, as well, didn't we? Shout out to Kiva. Um, yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit early for the thousands and thousands of fans to be the centre on on Paris, um, particularly given its accessibility, you know, you'd, you'd imagine people will be coming right up until Saturday afternoon for, for this game, so um, you've seen one or two dotted about, but it's been a little bit subdued so far, hasn't it, but certainly over the next couple of days that'll build up and build up, and uh, I'm looking forward to the, not only the, what is it, 20,000 Liverpool fans who officially mm. have a ticket, there's going to be well more inside, inside the uh, Stade de France on the night, and of course the fan park as well, which is a fair few thousand, so... Um, I think it'll be comparable to Madrid three years ago where again it's fairly easy to get to in terms of the, the commute if you call it a commute or the pilgrimage however you want to phrase it and um, I think the fan parks will be um, you know something to, to remember and then obviously it stands to the players to, uh, to do the, keep up their end of the bargain now, Theo, we're a bit out of the sticks here, but we've already encountered in our hotel already there's a, a number of Liverpool fans. I mean, we came out here because we were right by a train station, which we've since discovered <laughs> the trains are now all off. So thank you very much, France, for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, which is this your first Champions League final? I must admit, I don't know. Yes, first Champions League final. I think first Echo European away day as well. Like, we, you can't Taking really... all the boxes, aren't you? are taking all yeah, the boxes. Can't there. really count AC Milan as I did that one as a fan. But uh, yeah, if we do count it, 100% winning record. So I'd be a good omen for this. Yeah, so you, uh, you excited? You tend not to be excited about anything. But... <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. coming from me. <laughs> I, I suppose there's a bit of excitement, isn't it? You can't not be when it's a glamorous tie like this. But I think, like Gorsty said, well, we've not really seen the fans yet. It's when we see more of the fans when we're in the fan park and they're all coming over. That's when you, like, oh, it's a big occasion. It's Champions League final. There was that little flicker in the taxi when we pull out past the stadium and you see it all dressed up. So oh, it's the big leagues now. It is the biggest game in European football. It's only a few days away. Apologies, by the way, for the flyby by the geese there, if you could hear it. <laughs> we knew there'd be planes, didn't think there'd be birds as well. Um, now, Paul, me and yourself went to the media day at Liverpool at the AXA training centre uh, yesterday in Kirby. Um, what was the kind of the feeling from just, you know, we saw the players train a little bit, and the big news, of course, was that Fabinho was out there, yeah. so was Joe Gomez. Um, Thiago was spotted doing a bit of training in the gym, and when we had the press conference a bit later on, Jurgen Klopp said he was expecting him to be in the later training session, which obviously would be the proper training session and not the one where they're just messing about in front of the, yeah, uh, the in front of everybody, just yeah. to show that they're actually running around a bit. 
Yeah, uh, Klopp said he, he was back in training today, didn't he? Um, said it surprisingly good. Did the mm. prognosis on that? So that's that's great news for Liverpool. Um, Liverpool will need his quality and his experience in that midfield against the likes of Cruz and, and Modric and, and Casemiro, who you know, to a man, probably still one of the strongest in European football, despite this not being a particularly vintage Real Madrid team. Seems to have just gone there, got to the final kicking and screaming, haven't they? On the back of Benzema's brilliance, but. Yeah, it'll be a big boost if he's able to, to play a part. I think it'll be a case of him um, either being completely ruled out or he'll start. I don't think he's the type of player where you think, well, maybe you can bring him on because, yeah, I mean, he's not that much of an impact player, if you, if you understand what I mean. He's not someone who's going to go and you're going to turn to if you need a goalie, someone who, who you need if you're going to control the game and, and Liverpool will need him to do that from minute one. So, um, yeah, I was surprised by, by Klopp's... Um, news yesterday because strange one wasn't it Wolves and it, when he just passed it out to play and then he almost just walked off because it went out to play and it was like he disgraced himself yes. you know <laughs> he, he had the temerity to misplace a pass and he's well my afternoon's got to be over now so yeah good news on, on that front better news on the Fabinho front as well we've seen him going through the paces didn't we um, I actually recorded a video of him spank him one well over the, yes, the crossbar yes. I think we both got that <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yeah he, he got nowhere near that one but yeah it, it'll be massive it, Hasn't played for a while, has he? Can't even remember the last time he played. Went off, at, went off at Villa, didn't he? So he's missed the last it, three yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that feels a long time ago now, doesn't it? Um, it was still in May. I think yeah. it was May date double digits. So it might have been. I don't so, know. The week of the cup final, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was about May the 11th or something. I can't, yeah. I can't just remember. Just after the final. Just, so, no, just, just before. before, just before, before yeah, yeah. He, he walked past the mix zone at Wembley and someone asked him, would it be okay? He gave a big thumbs up and then I think he said something similar in another one, the mix zone. So... He did an interview in Spain as well, mm. didn't he, where he said it'd be fine for yeah, the final. Yeah, so so that that's that's more good news on the injury front for Liverpool. So um yeah, it's just about getting those two at a, as close to hundred percent as possible because Liverpool are gonna need them in, in midfield. Theo, Thiago or Fabinho, which one are you gonna two foot? <laughs> Neither. They're two of the best in their positions in world football. I think Thiago's just been recalled to the Spain squad as well, so we're taking that as a positive sign. Yeah. Well, w- would you, because obviously the interesting thing with the, the Champions League programme, similar to the FA Cup, and I think the latter stage of the League Cup, is that Liverpool can make five substitutions. Mm-hmm. And I've said before on the podcast that possibly Real Madrid and Liverpool are the two teams that have used it, the five substitutions better than anybody else. I mean, every time Liverpool played a game, you know, it was, uh, I think, the Benfica boss said it, the, in fact, Unai Emery said it and, um, and Inter Milan uh, Inzaghi said it he said that yeah. when it came to halfway through the second half Liverpool would make these changes to keep their level up and they were saying they were making changes and they didn't have the strength in depth and you look at Real Madrid how they've kind of you know as Gorsty was saying a bit earlier they've just kind of stumbled their way through Camavinga's done well yeah exactly yeah, every, <laughs> single, every single game he like, comes on and plays well he should really be starting the games I think but going back to the original point about Thiago and Fabinho given that in mind as Gorsty said Thiago doesn't seem to be a uh, an impact player. I mean, we went to the West Ham game, didn't we? Where he came on when Liverpool mm. lost one of the, you know, one of the three games they lost, and he was pretty terrible. Mm. Although he was just coming back from injury, yeah. I seem to believe. Um, Fabinho, you, he has come on in games. Now, would you start both of them in the knowledge that you know that neither of them's going to last the full game, or would you do the opposite and bench them both, or would you go one on one? Well, we don't know how well they are behind the scenes. Mm. In terms of Fabinho, they've known this Champions League final's coming. They've brought the, the popular physio back to work with them behind the scenes to make sure they are ready for this game. Like They didn't expect the title race to swing in their favour on the last day. It was always with get them through to this game. So you could say maybe there is that temptation to not play both of them. But it's unlike Liverpool. Like In the games where we've seen them use the substitutions well, it's when they've 
been able to have some of the star names on the bench or when they've been throwing on like uh, Luis Diaz, Roberto Firmino. We saw that in Villarreal for the semi-final as well. But you're not expecting that in the final. You're expecting to see your strongest eleven, And then if Thiago's not 100% or you get an hour out of him and then you bring on James Milner, you've also got to consider penalties in this as well. If it goes to penalties, well, Milner's taken one of your five. He's a solid goal. But then so is Fabinho, so is Thiago. Uh, I think you need the midfield that is going to be that elite level and it's Thiago and Fabinho but it's just how well they've been preparing them this week like we know Jurgen Klopp likes his players to have what two three days training before he will throw them in you said Thiago's not had training there uh, yesterday when it was the open session maybe that was a bit of a mind game from Jurgen Klopp and he's keeping him back so Real Madrid think he's not as close as he is or maybe he's just he's going to be 50-60% and they're going to have to put him on the bench or no you're only getting an hour out of him Fabinho, I like to think, will be closer. He's the one you start. He's so good as that number six. And then you've still got Jordan Henderson who can fill if he's not going to do the full game. But this the, you're hoping that this stage of the season they've got that one big game left in their legs. Yeah. We know there's the internationals coming up and it's not particularly popular with Jurgen Klopp. Like some of these players are going to have to play four games in the Nations League or travel all the way over the world. Um, at least Henderson's been spared England duty. Trent's only doing half of their camp. It's just lots of decisions. They'll have all these conversations behind closed doors and he'll keep his cards close to his chest. The fact that we're trying to guess now whether they'll be okay and we don't know, uh, you'd like to think Carlo Ancelotti has no idea as well. Well, I was speaking to my brother actually before Ghosty and he said that if imagine if there was a midfield of Henderson, Fabinho and Milner up against Casemiro, Crows yeah. and Modric, it would possibly be the slowest Champions League final <laughs> ever. But the point there, and obviously Real Madrid will bring Camavinga on, as we said, but... Liverpool do have a lot of options, don't they? You know, Milner is interesting. Yeah. He's started to just play a little bit more towards the end of the season. I just think his experience has counted in certain games. And then we haven't mentioned Cater, and we haven't mentioned Curtis Jones. He's another one who started, the, I think, two of the last four games. Yeah, I mean, Milner's come in and done very well against Southampton and, and Newcastle. And those are the sort of games where you need James Milner's experience and his know-how and, and his quality, you know, to, to an extent. He's, he's not... He's not a prime James Milner, if you like, but he's, he's still, you know, we've seen against Newcastle, he was probably man of the match, wasn't he? Um, not used there for that one. But I'd be very concerned if, if Milner was starting the Champions League final against mm. Real Madrid, um, particularly given how strong they are in, in the middle of the park. Um, but I just think he'll give Thiago every opportunity to, to, to get as fit as he can. Um, he'll be working with the the, the rehab coaches and, and the physios and the the masseurs and, and every kind of affordable luxury you like, you know, they will do all the can, all they can to get him fit. Um, it's a similar thing with Henderson, you know, he, he said yesterday that neither he spoke to kind of Southgate, and it was just kind of agreed that he was due a rest, and he's, he's played more this season than I think he ever has, um, which shows you basically how many games they've put up played, but also how fit he is because what is he now 31 is he Henderson um, and he's still 32 next month won't he yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's still um, you know, that's on, young, on the, young. Well, <laughs> it is now as a footballer because footballers now you know look at some of the best players in the world they're all 34, 5, 6 still Real Madrid's two best players are 34 and 36 and, and Modric and Benzema so um, it's just the case of how uh, like Theo said we don't know how fit Thiago is do we but what we were hearing yesterday from Klopp, I don't think he's the type to do the man games and try and call a bluff and try and catch Ancelotti out. I think you know he is being sincere when he says that there's a good chance of Thiago starting. Um, and if he is fit enough, the big question then is, is what's the midfield? Because I think now it's four into three, isn't it, in Liverpool's midfield, and I'm sure we can debate that all day.
The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Screeching tyres as well, you know, we're by road, so we're the whole whole range here. Now Theo, just park in the game for a second, at the, also beeping cars as well. Um, there was quite a bit of contract news has come out in the last 24 hours. At the press conference, uh, Mohamed Salah basically, well he did come out and said I'm staying, I'll be here next season. Not quite the same as I'm signing a contract to stay a bit longer after next season, but at least he's kind of, he's committed to that and it's, it's quite interesting that does that then force Liverpool's hand because now they know that he want, he's going to stay and they might have to, you know, if they try and sell him, he's not going to go. So that money that they would have spent or gained from, you know, from the sale, they could possibly give to him as an extra, you know, bit of money for his contract. I don't know the way that that's going to pan out. Roberto Firmino also said that he would like to stay, which presumably means beyond this summer because he's another who's out of contract at the end of next season. Uh, but Sadio Mane said, uh, well, come back to me after the game on Saturday and I'll, t- I'll tell you a bit more. So, I mean, what do we make of those those three statements from these, obviously, three, three, three forwards who've been at Liverpool for quite some time? It's uh, very cryptic from Sadio Mane, but do we assume that means he's probably leaving, that he might want to go in the summer? Like We've seen the links with Bayern Munich. I think their CEO's come out and he's been speaking about it. And while he's not been properly flirting with them, the suggestion is there. But if you're going to say that you wanted to leave, you don't say it before a Champions League final. Mm. You could make the Salah statement, you could make the Firmino statement. The fact that he's taking it another way, and I think he's also said he's got a lot to say. You'd imagine he's not too compressed that he, they've essentially signed two players to replace him in the past two years, and he's still come and scoring the goals, and they've not held to a contract also with him yet. His agent said they'll be held in the summer. It's, well, Salah's not getting what he's wanting in terms of offer at the moment. Is Mane... That, that is the concern there and I think the club have said they're not really expecting all three to stay beyond 2023 uh, with Mohamed Salah I, I think you just let him see out his contract and then hope there can be a breakthrough like we've seen it with um, Genie Wijnaldum with Emre Chan. he's slightly better than those two he isn't is he? slightly better than them but that's why you keep him for that extra reason because if they sold him whatever transfer fee they got for him knowing he's got 12 months left you're not going to sign a quality replacement who's going to bring what he does to the team. You're going to be relying on, say, Luis Diaz to step up and try and do a 20-30 goal season with someone else to be next in the pecking order to work it up. And I mean, you know, there's always been an expectation, well, if Liverpool want him, he stays, he loves it at the club, he fits in. There's maybe a few doubts this season about his fitness because he's had a few injuries. And it's, but he's still got a lot of goals off the bench. He's still making an impact when he's turned to. And while he's not been at his best when he's been turned to in the last few weeks from back from his latest injury, you wouldn't bet against him coming on and getting the goal um, against Madrid. Like he scored in the FIFA Club World Cup final. He's made big impacts in these big games before. They've all got a lot to offer. They're just all in that stage of their career where it seems a bit unlikely that all three of them stay beyond 2023. With the comments from Sadio Mane, that does seem to be the one that's leaning away. Are you a bit surprised at the way that Salah just came out and just like... Yeah, I was just actually. Went, he, he, straight he, away. Just, he just, just prompted, it, wasn't it? Yeah, unprompted, I should say. Uh, I'm going to be staying next season and I, I think everyone in the, in the press conference kind of just looked up, didn't he? And because mm. he actually just said that. Uh, I'm not too sure what, what I kind of can't say on the managed stuff because it's embargoed until this evening. But <laughs> reading, the, reading the comments and we obviously spoke to him didn't we, about it and... I got the impression that it was it was sound and positive from a Liverpool update. Um, wasn't quite as, um, I mean, it, it was very cryptic, but it wasn't delivered with a tone of any kind of you know it wasn't didn't sound disgruntled or anything like that. So 
Well, his, his um, behaviour, his, his, his de- behavior, but demeanour in the in the mix zone was one that, hey, he needs to go and get some treats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed to go to the Jensen. Oh, did he? I thought he wanted to. All right, yeah, yeah. He said, no, listen, you're giving us another bad And But he was quite jovial, wasn't he? Relaxed. Yeah, exactly. And that's why... I, that's why I don't get the feeling that there's anything bubbling up behind the scenes that makes you think he's, he's going to be off. Um, but he did say that he come come and speak to us after the game on on um, Saturday, and, and he'll have a special answer for us. So um, maybe we're expecting a Stephen Gerrard statement. How can maybe, I leave after this? Maybe, <coughs> maybe uh, but certainly I'll be seeking him out in the mix only. Well, he could nearly leave. Yeah, they, as it <laughs> turned out, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they were long days, I believe. believe and me. Salah, Salah was an interesting one, but he just said, "I'm going to be staying next season." So if he leaves, he's going to be leaving for nothing. But um, you know, I think. A full season out of Mo Salah is, is probably more beneficial to Liverpool than a transfer fee at this stage. Are you looking forward to wandering around Paris tomorrow? Yeah, I want to go and see the Eiffel Tower, taking the sights. Go it's quite it. big. Ah. You shouldn't be able to miss it, to be fair, once you get down there. You're going to be you... doing that little point on the top of it. You're going to go for that picture. Well, I've suggested that that's where we, you know, we should go and do a podcast from there. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah. Or a Facebook pro- Live on Excel. Yeah, that would, that, would, that would be good. Um, but yeah, you've not been before, have you? No, I don't think you, you have. No. I've been a couple of times, yeah, yeah. No. It'll be good, won't it? You know, a bit of an atmosphere around there, seeing all these sights. There's something about it, isn't there? Liverpool v Real Madrid in Paris for the Champions League. It's the glamour game in, in the glamour city. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not many you can think of that spring to mind in terms of all the elements that come together and what, what you'd imagine the Champions League final. 19 titles between them, which is the most that any two teams have ever gone into a final playing against each other. So um, it's going to be 20 either way. Will it be 7? Will it be 14? I'm back at Liverpool on this one. We'll we'll come to that tomorrow when we're a bit <laughs> nearer the game. I mean, um, one thing that's interesting, I'm not sure whether you saw it, was uh, Benzema's quotes talking about mm. he thought that oh, the way Liverpool are acting, they've already won the game. And it's like, what's he been reading? Where, where, where has he been looking? I don't know. What's, I, I has he been, just, you've just been reading, has he, has he been reading Theo's Twitter <laughs> or something like that? That's the only thing he's been looking at. Um, I said you didn't say Carly to that Jose Enrique. Did you see his tweet? No. Oh, he was furious. He, he actually quote tweeted an, an, an echo tweet and was like, well, I can't say it on a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> he, he, he did question what what Benzema was saying, and I'm, I must admit, I agree with him. I don't think anyone's been disrespectful or. They've just taken issue with the Salah quotes, haven't they? About wanting revenge. Yeah, but you know. what, what did they expect? Yeah. They did. They had to like, take his arm off, and then you know took him out of the game. They weren't soft, you know. That's Ramos, obviously, but that's the kind of experience that that Roma did show in these big games. I don't know. That sounds a bit well, silly. Fouling players, but that is part of the game. Did yeah. you see the response from today? Was it Danny Carvalho? He came out and said, um, hopefully he's ready to lose another Champions League final. About Salah. Oh, they're making the exact same comments. It's all that, that's very exactly strange. Ex- he's not going to say, yeah, I hope yeah, he wins. I, I, you know I what I mean? think so. Madrid might try and make this a bit of a dogfight. Because I think if Liverpool keep the heads... Do they have the players to do it, though? You know, you look at Modric and Cruz, and OK, Casemiro a little bit. I don't really think they've got that kind of player, certainly at the back. Fede Valverde will certainly give as good as he gets. Hmm. Um, yeah, they've all got a little bit about them, the Real Madrid squad, in terms of... It's not quite Ramos-esque, though, is it? And, no, and but some he, of the other players the in the past. You know, like, Ronaldo, even Ronaldo was somebody who would just be... He would go around winding people mm. up when he was playing. Well, who was the wind-up merchant when you saw him last year? Because Ramos missed those games, didn't he? I can't remember. I've just tried to wipe that season <laughs> out of mind. We've had this conversation <laughs> before, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think they will try and bring, like, grab Liverpool down to a bit of a fight. And um, Liverpool need to keep their heads because... 
seen Real Madrid a lot this season in the Champions League and they, they give up so many good chances or the type of chances that They've got a good goalkeeper there. They've got a good goalkeeper though, and that's what Liverpool have got as well. So he's very good, yeah. But some say he's the best in the world, as we've seen on social media yeah. today. They've, yeah. ju- they've just got that mentality about them. I mean, the, the mental, probably the strongest mental team in, in Europe in terms of the Real Madrid respond to yeah, setbacks. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool are very good at that as well. But you know, they've looked down and out in every single knockout game against Chelsea, against Paris Saint-Germain, against Man City. And they're going to be playing in the final on Saturday. But the good news for Liverpool is it's not over 180 minutes and it's not in the Bernabeu. So if Liverpool keep the heads and everyone's fit and they play with the usual intensity, I think they might have too much for them. That's an interesting point. I think we touched on this. We have done it in the pod earlier this mm-hmm. week that because it is about 90 minutes or you know it might be 120, but it isn't the two legs. There's a lot less time for Real Madrid to make up for any mistakes which they are bound to make during the course of the game. Yeah, when you look at the, the power the Bernabeu has had for them this season, well, you've got to remember it's not just the fans coming back, it's the fact that they didn't play there themselves for yeah. was it a year, yeah. 18 months. That's obviously been a massive help for them. But then it's strange when you've got this Real Madrid squad. Like We know it's an ageing squad similar to Liverpool's, and we say, well, what, eight, nine players of this Liverpool team were there in Kiev. But how many of these Real Madrid players were there when they won that first one? What was it, 2014, 2014, 15, sorry? So many of their players have just been around and won multiple Champions League titles. Um, but Liverpool starting to get that experience there as well. You'd like to think that that has got the edge for them. We know they're going to outnumber the Real Madrid fans. They will find a way. The atmosphere in the city is going to be red this weekend. They're going to make the noise. And while Real Madrid probably will like to make it a bit of a fight and have that spikiness to it, if you've got the Liverpool fans backing them with the experience they've had over the last few years wanting to end the season on a high, surely that's got to give them the edge. We'll see. What I would say about Real Madrid fans uh, having been at Kiev in uh, 2018, don't underestimate them because they make a different kind of noise, a different kind of backing. I think they had a massive, massive flag which we spotted the, the day before the game actually. Or it may have been like a couple of hours, but whatever it was, we saw it before it actually came out. It was like, wow, that's impressive. So, you know, their fans are used to seeing them win. Yeah. Their fans are used to going to these these finals. They'll they'll have sold all their allocation easily. The Real Madrid are probably the most supported club in the entire world. And I think it's interesting. Klopp said this a few times now. He said it last week. He said it when the when I think when they found out that they were playing Real Madrid in the final. He said it on Wednesday that the whole world will either be red or white in the sense that there's going to be those people who love Liverpool, yeah. those people who hate Liverpool and those people who love Real Madrid and those people who hate Real Madrid and they'll just decide on which one they want to they want to support it. You know, it's not like a final say between, I don't know, PSG and Man City where I'd be watching it going Yeah, well, well this is especially with it being, being behind closed doors this is a, a game where everyone will have will be back on a horse, won't they? You know, you look at the fan bases of the two clubs Real Madrid dominates the South American market, Liverpool's huge fan base in Asia and, and Australia and so on. So, you know, as a, as a football follower, not necessarily fans, you know us, but as football followers, it's a, it's a dream final, isn't it? Um, and I just wonder whether, I mean, if Real Madrid would probably, well, they would dispute this, but I just wonder whether Liverpool might feel it's more important to them because... 2018, no one expected Liverpool to get there. That the everyone's just kind of riding the crest of a wave, and it was the first final for what nine years was it? Um, kind of the as the underdogs. Madrid meant Liverpool had to win Madrid because they were just getting to that kind of peak where 
they were getting they might have got questioned as the team who can't win, can't get it over the line because they just missed out on the on the title and they hadn't won in, in Kiev, so that was massive to them. But this one is it's kind of a legacy defining now, I think, as as far as Jürgen Klopp's team goes. Um and if they do win it, they've obviously won the treble, which you know, I was speaking to, to Steve McManaman yesterday for a piece later this week and he was making the case that if Liverpool win, then they've got the argument to make that they're the greatest English team ever because 92 points, just missing out in the Premier League, won the FA Cup, won the League Cup and won the Champions League. So that's an interesting base to be had and that's the kind of ballpark that Liverpool are in now. You know, So if they win on Saturday... It opens up that debate, and and I think that's why this might mean a little bit more to them than Real Madrid, who've already won loads in the, since 2014, haven't they? So, um, but Real Madrid would probably dispute that. Right, I think that should do us. Big thanks to Paul, to Theo, to the pilots, to the geese. <laughs> I was going to say the wannabe Lewis Hamilton would it be Charles Leclerc, wouldn't it? Except he's obviously he's from Monaco, isn't he? So who would it be? Pierre Gasly. Gasly? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, whatever guy says at the end, get your podcast from wherever. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.